Blog Talk Radio. Hey folks, good night and welcome to another edition of Stackhouse Radio's On Air Scare. And tonight we have a very special guest with us. We have Stephen Lachance. Uh, he is the acclaimed author of the book, The Uninvited, uh, another book, uh, Crazy, and actually the upcoming book, Blessed Are the Wicked, and many others. Uh, you'll probably recognize him from uh, TV, uh, I think it was Discovery's Channel's A Haunting, uh, the famed Fear House in Union, Missouri. So, um, Stephen, welcome to the show. How are you tonight? I'm great. Thanks for having me. No, our pleasure. Our pleasure. Quentin, you still there with us? Yes, I, I thought you forgot about me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I apologize. I'm like, I got I'm like no, I'm not here. No. <laughs> Just hit me with a bus and forget about me. <laughs> I, have to, I am so excited to have Steve on the show with us because I am a huge, huge fan of your work. Um, oh, thank you. I, I love the way you write. It's amazing. And it keeps you on the edge of your seat. And, I mean, it, it's the best nighttime books, the best nighttime books I've ever read. One of some of them. I mean, oh, thank you. That's where you got to read them at night when the lights are low and you know you're alone in the house. <laughs> you can tell Diana's a big fan of yours, only because she's talking at such warp speed. I can't keep up with her. <laughs> oh my God! I, I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I am. I'm going like so fan crazy here. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it, is, it is like an scream honor. and throw your bra at them and then faint. <laughs> Thank God our show is PG-13. <laughs> that happens occasionally, but no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, I'm just, I am really excited. And it's, it's funny because, you know, when I, um, your new book came on my feed for Amazon.com, uh, the upcoming book. And um, right. I remember saying, I wonder, I, I wonder if, if I could get, him on the show, and I, I told Quentin that I, I wanted you on the show, and I said, you know, I, I sent you the Facebook message, and I was like, nah, he's too busy, he's never going to get back to me, and then I heard back from you, and I was squealing in my living room, I was so excited, I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> so I'm I still suffering the, the uh, energy you know, you damage get, from that. <laughs> As an author, you don't, you don't get to talk to anybody, you do the work, and then the work goes mm-hmm. out, and you really don't talk to too many people. So when I can do something like this, I love to do it so I can get out there and talk to some people. Well, we are glad to have you. I mean, it's it's just amazing for us, and we are honored, truly honored. Um, Thank you. So just how do you you get involved in all this? How do you start doing what you do? I mean, what was that first initial spark that lit your your interest and passion in, in the paranormal? You move into a haunted house. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, that, that was would it. it. Mm-hmm. Up until that point, up until 2001, um, when we moved into the house, and it was May 18th when we moved into the house, um, and mm-hmm. things started to happen. I mean, at that point, you know, some people go, well, you're a skeptic. And I'm like, no, I think I'm more of a skeptic now because of the work I do, uh, because I have to be the biggest skeptic in the room um, than I was then. I hear it you. Was, it was, I was a skeptic, you know. It was, it was just never, I never gave it much thought. You know, and, and right. so when it happened, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I, I was so great because I, I understand completely where you're coming from. Okay. 
And so when everything started to begin and started to happen, I was just like, well, um, you know, I would try to find, you know, the excuses other than what was actually happening. Um, you know, I was doing the father thing because, you know, it started with the kids before mm-hmm. um, anything, you know, you know, and I would do the thing like, okay, you know, it's the it's the monster, you know, in the basement that all kids are afraid of or the monster right. in the closet, you know, that kind of thing, you know. Um, right. And, you know, I, I really tried to justify it and rationalize mm-hmm. it. Um, but, you know, at some point things happen in your life and you think you come across things that, that there's no rationalization for it. Um, it is the irrational. It's not the rational. You know, I guess is the best way to describe it. Yeah. I'm, now, now, the house you're talking about is the infamous Fear House located in mm-hmm. Union, Missouri, correct? Right. And Union is um, definitely. <laughs> um, that, that, that place changed my life. I can imagine. Um, I mean, I, I, I think what was in the book now... Obviously, you read a, you wrote a book uh, that was inspired by it called The Uninvited, and uh, where you go into great you know detail of what occurred um, with your experiences, but not only yours, but other families as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I when I sat down to I didn't want to write the book at first. By the way, it was Christopher Booth who kind of pushed me into it. He kept saying, "Steve, really? you need to write this book." Yeah, because you know um, the show Fear House was great. I mean. Uh, it was kind of the Disney telling of the story, you know, uh, because they had to do it right. for a family. And it was done in 48 minutes, and that's quite a story to tell in 48 minutes, for, you know, you know, between right. commercial. Um, you know, so he, he knew the whole story, you know, because him and I had sat down, and I had told him the mm-hmm. whole thing. And he was like, you really need to write this. And I'm like, no, I, I don't really think I want to. I didn't want to bring it all back up either. Um, but you know, on uh, we were we were doing some filming for Children of the Grave at the time, and that was here in um, um, this area that I live in. Uh, and we went to Union, Missouri, and we went to the house. Um, and that was the first time I had been to the house um, since you know we had pretty much left it. I mean, we were just in front of it, um, and the feelings that came off from that and everything um, really kind of convinced me to go ahead and do it. And so I went home and I started writing, and a month later, here I came out with this book, um, you know, which was really interesting. And if you read The Uninvited, you know, for those of you who haven't, you know, I'm having a conversation with whoever's reading it. That was the easiest way I thought, well, you know, what do I want to do here? You know, I mean, you know, Amityville was written by somebody who didn't ever, who didn't experience anything. You know, a lot of these books, you know, it's the investigator. And I'm like, well, I'm not, you know, I am an investigator, but, you know, has a book ever been written from the point of view of uh, the person that lived through it? Uh, you know, the and I hate to say the word victim, I hate that word, but, you know, in some ways we were victimized by it. So, um, you know, so that's why I just had a conversation with the audience, you know, the reading audience and um, just told them, like, I would sit down in the living room. You know, Diane, if we sat down in the living room and I was going to tell you the story, it would be pretty much the same as what you read in that book. And it came across as that. I mean, it really, it pulled you in, and it had a really personal aspect to the book, and I loved it. I'm, I told you before the show came live, um, I read the book in one night. I just, I was, laid it, in my bed and I cleansing. opened it up, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. It was I a can cleansing. see that, I mean, you know, really you know, see it. And, and there were so mm-hmm. many, you know, what it was, you know, it was so hard because, it was like, you know, we've read the book, you know, I mean, I pretty much bare my soul. Right. 
Um, I share things that probably most people would never share. Um, and that was that was hard, but at the same time, it was therapy. You know, kind of hard to explain. Right, right. I came out of it feeling uh, different. Uh, there was a cleansing that happened with that um, to a certain extent. I mean, it just, you know, I remember, God, I can't remember when it was. I came across it at Barnes & Noble, as a matter of fact, and I have everything digital now for me, but I remember coming across it at, um, you know, Barnes & Noble back in Connecticut, and uh, I saw the cover, and honestly, it, it's funny because my maiden name is LaChance. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's cool. It is, yes. <laughs> Yes, my maiden name is LaChance, so that's what actually drew me to your book. I said, oh, my God, LaChance. I'm like, I wonder if he's related. Um, <laughs> it's my father's name, actually. Right, and, possibly. Uh, so you know what? They say somewhere along the line, everybody's all, all related. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, so I picked it up. I said, oh, cool, you know, I'm going to read it. And, you know, I just I sat down one night. I put my little light on, had my little glass of wine there under my bed, and that was it. Before I knew it, it was like, you know, four or five in the morning. <clears throat> I'd like to call BS right there. I have never heard of you having a little glass of wine. Just, I just had to throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never heard I of it. I might have opened the bottle and just left the bottle there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we that even a small glass, but... Okay, I might have refilled the glass. I might have had to refill the glass a couple times. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is, though, even if I had read, you know, half the book at one time and gone, there's no way I could have gone to bed. There is no way that I would have shut my lights off. Especially, okay, can, can I can I give one little one little spoiler? Sure, you can. Clown demon, the, the clown monster that you talked about, mm-hmm. that your son saw, I think it was. The very Done. the most difficult Done. thing that I had to deal with, I think, um, emotionally, mentally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and physically at some point too. Um, it was the, the hardest thing that I had to deal with. How do you deal with a child coming to tell you that that is why you're finding them white and shaking, and sometimes in puddles of urine? I mean. Um, how do you deal with that? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it was very difficult at first. You know, um, yeah. now I look back at it and I go, you know, understanding the demonic and, you know, the work I do, you know. John, Johnny Zaffis was the first one that said it to me. He goes, you know, he goes, when when, when Elliot was talking about the demon, um, he goes, I knew instantly it was a demon. He goes, because they do appear that way sometimes, and sometimes children will misunderstand them and um, look at them upon them as clowns, you know. And he goes, it's sometimes they'll appear what a child fears most, and that that was what he feared most. I mean, um, that was really a hard thing for me to handle at first, though. I I imagine. I mean, you you know, I couldn't even begin to tell you how petrified I am of clowns. You know, there was a top I mean, ten list that came out recently about the scariest clowns in film and literature, and uh, that clown is <laughs> the Fear House clown and the clown from the book. They're both they're both on that top ten list. So um, it affected people, you know. And I did I we didn't realize there was that many people mm-hmm. out there 
that really feared them. Um, and I remember people oh, really fear them. Um, yeah. You know, still today, I, I mean, mean, you know, if, if he sees one, he, he, he looks the other way. He, 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 he can't bear it, you know. Oh, God, no. I mean, there, you know, to me, it's, I saw a Facebook post that I think sums it up, and it says, clowns, Satan's idea of funny. When kids tell you stuff, you know, I mean, obviously there's the stuff that you always take with a grain of salt. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. sure, you sound boogeyman. But sometimes, and it's so much more frightening when it's coming from a kid, you know, I, I had a, a, an experience with a neighbor I, I babysat for her once. Her house was pretty old, probably a little bit before the, the turn of the century. Mine, mine was much older, but um, I knew a little bit of the history, and mine was a church, and at one point there was a Revolutionary War battle in our yard. Well, so it had a good steeping of history. Well, she was digging in her front yard one day, doing a flower bed, and comes across a bone, and her husband, who I don't want to give away what his job is because it's I'm probably not even supposed to say. Uh, anyway, he knew he could identify bones, and he's like, that's a knee bone. He's like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, she assumed he'd put it back as he told her. Well, I'm babysitting one night. I have a friend with me, and blah, blah, blah. You hear noises. My friend's like, oh, did you just come down the, the back stairs? I'm like, there are no back stairs. I was like, those go to the basement. And she's like, oh, I swore I just heard you in the kitchen. I was like, well, I wasn't there. She eventually gets freaked and leaves. And I go upstairs, and the kid is sitting up in bed, and I'm like, oh, crap, he's awake, you know. And he's like, he looks at me and says, the monster in the closet wants his bone back. And I about crapped. I said, what? And he goes, goes, he's asking for his bone. And the kid knew nothing of this bone in the yard thing. And he's thinking he wants, like, a dog bone. He's like, the dog bones are downstairs in the kitchen. I think he wants one of those. And I'm like, maybe. And I go, well, what does Mr. Monster look like? He's like, a person, and I'm like, okay, and I'm like, and then he says the final thing, don't you see him, he's right there, and I was like, you know, why don't we watch a movie downstairs, it was like, you can have candy and popcorn. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they kind of remind me of, I had a little boy that was seeing ghosts, Um, you know, know, in, um, we, we did a Halloween there was a Halloween radio show. You know how they do the Halloween radio shows in Stephen D.C. Right. Who they're syndicated across the U.S. They 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 went. You know, and we were there, and 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 Steve has the microphone, and he's talking to the little boy, and he goes, he goes to the little boy, he goes, well, he goes, what is the ghost's name? And he goes, Alex, and he goes, well, can you tell me how Alex looks? And the little boy kind of tears up, and he goes, he has no head. And he goes, well, where's Alex standing? And, the, the, you know, the tears just start running down this little boy's face. And he goes, behind you. You know, and I, I thought I thought, that, I thought Steve was just going to go through the roof. You know, <laughs> I thought, you know, I mean, it was it was really kind of, they, they really can put you off um, mm-hmm. your game. It really can. And you've got to be really good. You've got to be really careful when working with kids. Um, because oh, yeah. they really can, they really can uh, send you for a loop. <laughs> that is a great story, by the way, the bone. You know, I was thinking about the the, the, the story of uh, uh, when we were little kids, give me back my bone, you know. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. It was like, my, where's my golden arm crap? <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing, you know. When you started saying that, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the funny thing great was, story. I... Um, 
I housed that for them a few weeks later. They went away to the beach. And I remember I was taking a shower, and I came out, and the kitchen cabinets were open. And I was like, well, that's strange. And I went to bed one night, and I came down the next morning, and the back door, which I was sure I had locked, was now open, like wide open to the outside. And I'm like, well, that is strange. Anyone could have walked in here last night. Um, you know, so I thought, boy, this is really strange. And then doors would be locked that I didn't remember locking. And they came home, and I said to the wife, I said, you know, there's some weird stuff going on here. I said, you know, after he said the thing about the bone the other night, and she's like, yeah. So she finally corners the husband. She's like, I know I've asked you before. She's like, but I'm going to ask you one last time. She goes, and he's like, yes. And she's like, all right, I trust you. Well, about two days later, she calls me up. She's like, oh, my God, quit. And I was like, what? She's like, I was in the shower. She's like, and she's like, the latch on the door unlocked itself. She's like, and I went to open it. She's like, I'm thinking, okay, that's weird. And I dried off. She was and I went to open it, she goes, and I couldn't get the door open. She's like, somehow the basement door had opened itself and wedged itself behind the doorknob of the door. She was, and I couldn't get out of the bathroom. She was, well, finally, I got out. She was when her husband came in. And I said, okay. She's like, and I asked him, where is it? She's like, because I know you didn't put it back. She was, and he finally showed it to me. It was in, the basement, in a coffee can. So, yeah, I was like, well, it's it funny how they, 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 they choose the... Right. Isn't it funny how they choose the shower? Uh, you know, the most vulnerable place <laughs> that you probably are is in the shower. I mean, really. Um, you know, I well, was attacked in the shower. Place. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, I had to attack me in the shower during yeah. everything. You know, so, I mean, yeah. you know, and I, you know, and I'm not the only one that tell you that. I mean, you know, um, you guys, you know, Carmen Reed, the haunting in Connecticut, Carmen was attacked in the shower as well. Um, oh, God, you know, yeah. it's not an unusual thing to hear people talk about the shower and things mm-hmm. happening to them. And, you know, and what's so disturbing about that is, you know, uh, that curtain's closed or that door's closed. And you, <laughs> you know, you're peeking around. You know, I know that feeling. But, see, that's why I'm a firm believer in uh, translucent, transparent shower curtains. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let me tell you, I, those I, don't I, help I, either. Those don't help either. Well, I became, you know, I, but I, See, I became a fan of transparent shower curtains, and now we have glass shower doors um, after that event, well, by the way. Yeah, well, yeah, my only thing with my fear is that I would trip and fall, I guess I'll start to go through the glass door. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of that But one. that's my fear. That, that's, that's a big <laughs> fear that I, I've always had that fear of going through the glass doors. Thank so, you, Diana. I'll never be able to shower in peace again. <laughs> I know. I mean, I was thinking, well, you know, okay, I thought I was safe in the glass shower with the glass shower doors, and she just kind of shot that all to hell, but, you know. I mean, good God, I'll never bathe again, thank you very much. Don't have to hose me off out back. I think my most vulnerable place, I, I don't know, I don't think the shower, you know, I'm so I'm so oblivious in the shower, because once I'm under the hot water, I mean, you could send a marching band through my shower and I'm not going to hear it because my music's so loud and everything. So I would, it's true, I'm oblivious. My husband came in the shower in the bathroom one time and called my name. I didn't hear him. I mean, I was oblivious. I would think, and this, I'm sorry, this sounds gross, my most vulnerable place is on the toilet. Think about it. Can you really? No, no, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. 
you can't exactly get up and run, you'll trip over your pants. Right, you can't get up and run. I mean, right. you really, there's really not a lot you could do. You're kind of screwed in that position. To me, that's always been my biggest fear is that something happens when I'm on the toilet. And I know I'm really bearing like an embarrassing fear that I have, but that's my biggest fear. That and falling through the shower doors. That and falling through shower. I hate glass shower doors. <laughs> I am so paranoid of them. Well, I can tell you this. I've had the the transparent showers before. Um, I lived in a in an old house. It wasn't my house. It was an apartment I was living in at the time. And I'll tell you, there were times where I would be in there showering, you know, and it gets all foggy and gross in there. And even with the translucent shower curtain, you can't see very well. And I know there was times where I would be showering and I would see, like, suddenly as I'm, you know, rinsing my hair or something, you'd see someone walk past the shower. Well, it doesn't help you very much if, if you see them coming and then they disappear. I think the hardest part of it is rinsing your hair. Because, yeah, you know, you have to close your eyes in the shower. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's yeah. the hard part. Now, see, where I sit in my house, I have a glass door to my porch, my, my front terrace, and the glass door always reflects things off the street, so I'm always thinking there's, like, faces in my windows. <laughs> you know, windows bother me. For, you, know, it's got, you know, it's gotten to a point now where, you know, I can have the windows open and enjoy life again, but, mm-hmm. you know, there was time when the windows were covered. And, I'm t- and, I, and I mean covered. I mean, you would have walked into my house and you would have swore it was night. Um, and, you know, you wait, Diana, you read the advice, so you know what I'm talking about. I yes, mean, I had yes, something yes. come through a bedroom window one night and attacked me. So, um, oh. mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, so after that, after that incident, all the windows were mm-hmm. covered and they were covered to the point of you could not see in or out of them. Um, and uh, it was very, very dark. It's a very dark time, really, I mean, literally, um, yeah. in my life. I mean, well, I know that um, uh, her uh, Helen's daughter, Kelly, uh, Helen, Charlie, and Kelly lived in the house, correct, after you? That's correct, right. Yes, and I think and now the entity actually possessed Kelly, didn't it, the daughter? Yeah, it, it went, well, you know, it went after we were all going down the road. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know it's um, uh, you know when 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 they, when they got to me, I was under a severe oppression. When they got to Helen, I mean, she was she was she was she was under possession. Um, when they got to Kelly, mm-hmm. she was under possession too. Kelly actually, um, yeah. what she did when they uh, there was there was this incident, and Kelly ran away, and when they found her, the, anyway, it ended up that she had to spend a night in juvenile. Um, and they took her shoes, her shoelaces and everything away from her um, so she wouldn't right. harm herself. Um, she ended up, she ended up um, pulling the, um, and scratching the uh, meat off her arms with her own hands. You know. Um, I never see something about that in The Possessed. Where she, she, uh, she did it. Well, you know what's interesting about it, if you listen to what she says, she did it because mm-hmm. she thought, if she, because it was telling her to hurt others was telling her to hurt her mom right. and dad and, and that she thought well if i if i hurt myself will you let me off the hook It'll and pop. i won't have to hurt anybody else you know yeah. what a strong I mean, that's pretty traumatic heavy thing for a kid right 
Yeah, it is. And it's a lot of response. I mean, you think about the responsibility of trying to do your best. You can do what you know what not to do. I mean, right. to save people you love. I mean, that's, that's a heavy well, yeah, responsibility you, for you. Yeah, you know, the people you love. You know, and I think that's, right. that's the key, Diane, what you said, the people you love. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and trying to keep from harming them. And you hear something that's telling yeah. you to do that, you know, um, with threats, with threats. Uh, so, you know, the, the well, deal was that she was trying to make was, okay, I'll do this to myself. So I don't have to do it to anybody else. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the so obviously, I mean, you know, staying at the house kind of launched you into this whole, you know, unexpected world of the paranormal. And, you know, as far as, I mean, but it, it didn't stop. I mean, you had other experiences, obviously, um, now, is that when you became a paranormal investigator? Yeah, and I shouldn't have. <laughs> I shouldn't have. I mean, you know, people were coming to me almost I know. immediately. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they feel like, they feel like you know, you've been through an experience or you've gone through something, you know, um, mm-hmm. you can help them or maybe there's something that, you know, happened to you and there might be some advice you can give. So that was going on almost right. immediately, which, you know, you know, from 2001 to 2004, I mean, the attachment was already um, there um, and it was bad, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So, you know, yeah, you know, by the time I got to the house, Again, in you know, in in Fear House, they show like I could go knocking on the door and they go, "Oh, your house is haunted." It wasn't, you know, I wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like a, the ghost welcome wagon. Um, you know, she came to me. So, um, you know, and we decided to work it out and try to um, figure out what was going on. I was attached at that time. Um, I was trying yeah. to get this. This it was like the monkey off my back, and she was trying to figure out what was going on with her and her family, and, you know, horrible things were happening. Uh, so we went in, and we, first, the first thing we did was um, the first psychic we brought into the house, they were picked up and thrown against the wall within five minutes. Um, we'd have teams come in, and the teams would come in, and they would grab evidence and run, or, you know, they would scare them, and they would never come back. You know, and I remember the moment that we, I guess, you know, that, you know, I could say I became an investigator. Um, because she was sitting there and she started crying one day, and we were we were really close. And um, she started crying one day and she said that uh, she goes, I can get anybody in off the street and bring them in this house in ten minutes. They're going to tell me this damn house is haunted. She goes, yeah. but there is one person at this point that can tell you or I how to take care of this thing and get our lives back to normal. And she was crying. Um, and then I looked at her and I said, I, I guess, I guess we're going to have to do it ourselves. Um, that's when it started. Now, I don't want anybody to think, wow, they did it themselves because there's a lot of people that were involved there. I mean, you know, um, Mm -hmm. Lorraine Warren steps in, um, John Zaffa steps in. Lorraine Warren's a different name in the book, by the way. Um, John Zaffa steps in, you know, uh, pardon me? Yeah. Yeah. You You mentioned this about Lorraine Warren? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, she's she's actually a man in the book. Yeah, she's actually a man. In the book. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't want to make her. You know, at that point, we weren't quite sure. We didn't want to make her uncomfortable uh, with what she was doing, yeah. and there's there's reasons for that. But um, in the new book, mm-hmm. you'll you'll find them. You know, we talk about Lorraine by her name. Um, but uh, Lorraine, yeah, Lorraine was the first one to say, you know, oh honey, you got a demon. <laughs> uh, and you know, yes, and the, the advice yeah, was, I, I you know, met her. So. 
So. Yeah, find a find a church. Yeah, she's she's like your aunt, you know, your great aunt. And yeah. that's the, you know, I I always kind of jokingly say Aunt Lorraine, mm-hmm. um, because she's she's like that. Um, you know, she's yeah, there, she's that person you feel very safe and protected when you're in the presence of Lorraine. Yeah, no, she's a beautiful, she is a beautiful soul, and she does, she, that's one thing I've always upheld about Lorraine is, you know, she is just very sweet, very um, encompassing, I think is the word. Right. Like, she just wraps around you. Right. And she was the first person, you know, to say, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the end of the haunting, I mean, she was the first person to say, honey, it's not over. Um, you know, you got years to go before this is over. Um, and I think yeah. that's the important thing. And, you know, we'll get into that with Blessed, but, um, you know, right. hunting's don't end when the door to the house shuts. Um, they do continue. Right. You know. Now, as far as, um, like, obviously that kind of catapulted you, I guess is the right word, into being a paranormal investigator, uh, rather, rather than it being this involuntary, you know, conscious decision, I'm going to do this. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, catapult is the word. Um, yeah, that's what the next thing like. I know, you know, I had um, there was a radio show. It's called the Dave Glover Show out of St. Louis. Um, the next thing mm-hmm. I know, you know, Dave Glover was contacting me. You know, come on and talk about ghosts. You know, um, you know. And the thing is, is I had people going, help me, help me, help me, and um, and I'm doing the best I can to help everybody and trying to help myself at the same time. And it was a very strange time because uh, catapult is the, the best word. I, I've never used that word, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that one from you. Yeah, that's, that's exactly that's, what it was like. I'd be honored. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds okay. like that. Now, you have – now, there's one book that I, I wanted to bring up, um, you know, before we, you know, got too far into the show. Um, you talk about being a paranormal investigator and everything like that, but, you know, in the book Crazy – and um, I kind of, I, I, I bought it on Amazon. Um, I have a Kindle, so I bought it on Amazon. And it seems that at this point you have an established paranormal investigation group. Well, I did. I did. I, you know, they're still, they're still okay. established. Um, the Paranormal Task mm-hmm. Force, if you've ever heard of them. Um, that's where the Paranormal right. Task Force started in Union, Missouri, the Union Haunting. Um, you know, I still do things with them occasionally, but I pretty much, the mm-hmm. kind of cases I work on, I, I pretty much work on um, with me, another person, or two other people. It's not something you want to bring a whole team in for. Um, and I realized right. that, you know, I realized that at one point when, you know, I had, you know, you know, people going, you know, on a case with me and going, well, no more EVP, and I'm like, no, shut it down, go. You know, um, mm-hmm. anyway, it became important, you know, that became more important than the research at that point was, you know, right. um, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm a different bird. I'm not like, you can't really call me an investigator. You can't really call me a researcher. Um, you know, it's that family is, is the most important thing to me and getting that family yeah. through whatever it is, whether it's paranormal or not, mm-hmm. by the way, um, getting them back to where they can live their lives. That's, that's the most important thing. Right. And I can I can see that. I mean, now in in crazy, um, there's a few different stories going on in this book, correct? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. And are, now I I like how you you introduce 
the um, the story, how you introduce the cases, and you you actually go back in history and tell what happened there, but you give a good twist to it. You really give a a vivid vision of what's going on. Um, what inspired that book? Well, you know, there was a lot of things that did. You know, I was going through some very dark times when I was where I was playing mm-hmm. with some very um, dark questions in my own mind, and then the, you know, and then the thing of investigations where um, I was like, you know, I, I saw, I met the, I met the guy that um, uh, on a team once, and I said, well, what do you do for the team? And he's like, I'm the EMF guy, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're the EMF guy. I'm like, do you do anything? And no, that's what he did. And I thought, you know, and you, you talking to the teams at that point, um, you know, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of discussion about what the evidence was that they were getting and where that it could possibly come and why it was there and what the possibility was of what happened before because it always made sense to me to understand what the haunting was. You needed to understand the history behind the haunting. But, you know, you, you, right. had to, you know some people say, well, <clears throat> well, we have historians. Well, yes, you do. But, you know, the historian gives you a, a two-page report before you go, and that's about all you get. Um, you know, history, I'm talking digging into the history, um, really to understand yeah. this haunting. Uh, in the truck stop, the truck stop in Crazy was the first oh, that was, um, oh. part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really understood. You know, I understood I was standing in, and I don't know how else to say it, I was standing in, in, in a version of, was it a version of their hell or whatever, I realized that, you know, I needed to understand what brought these people together, why they still were together, um, you know, and what was causing this to happen with them and why weren't they moving on, you know. And it became very clear by going back into the history that they were all connected in some way. Um, you know, uh, of course, you know, you, you, doing the history of that, you know, um, you, 85% of that history was correct. Um, you know, you, you had psych, you know, we had psychics, we had, you know, uh, hard fat coming out of sheriff's apartment mm-hmm. and newspapers and all that. And we tried, you know, what was interesting is we tried to, um, take the history and it's like, if we got a piece of something, you know, it had to be corroborated by, you know, two different types of things, you know, so a psychic had to have mentioned it at one point. And it had to have a piece of evidence with a newspaper or, you know, whatever, you know, or or even word of mouth, because a lot comes out of word of mouth, by the way. You know, um, right. you know I would be Local sitting in a restaurant. Right. Mm-hmm. I would be sitting in a restaurant yeah. and, you know, somebody would come up and go, I saw you, because I did a thing on uh, uh, Fox News with it. And I saw you on Fox News and you were talking about the truck stop. Let me tell you this story, you know, um, which would oh, set yeah. you off on a tangent. You know, the, the weirdest thing is, you know, the one character in Crazy that is the hardest to believe is the hermit. And the hermit was um, the most interesting because uh, his existence was very, very real. Very real. Um, this man lived in the bottom of the basement, and he actually, um, I didn't write him as extreme as I could have um, because he used to, you know, throw his feces. Mm-hmm. Um, and different things and people that would come down into the basement. Wow. He lived pretty much like an animal. Yeah, and now 
and I, I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to give too many spoilers in the book away. But uh, yeah, I know. I mean, that book yeah. you got to be really careful yeah, because yeah, um, we I could mean, ruin it for somebody. Yeah. We could ruin it for somebody. And you know, the hardest, the hardest person to write mm-hmm. in the the truck stop story was the prostitute. And I remember, and I, I can I tell you guys this. You know, it's not going to give you anything away because I knew. Well, mm-hmm. you know, you, you foreshadows enough that you know. I knew what, what was going to happen to her. Um, yeah, I, well, yeah, I kind of did too. You know, so I had to, you know, it was a channeling of her feelings, you know, and I, you're yeah. putting yourself in that, and you're putting yourself into that, um, and, I, and, I, and I, I would have to I would have to stop and walk away from it because the question mm-hmm. that kept coming to my mind with her was, why does nobody love me? Yeah, and, and I, really I think, hard. you know, Oh yeah, and no, I think you know, reading about her story, you know, you, you kind of see what's coming, and you just you find her saying, "No, don't, no, no, no." Right? You yeah, of, you know, and it, and that's it, how it, you know that's you know knowing what happened to her. That's how I yeah. felt. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you know, yeah. it's this person that is absolutely at the end of the road. I mean, you know, right, at right. the end of the road emotionally, and at the end of the road, um, you know, physically too as well. Um, and that was really really hard. It was really hard on me mm-hmm. because, you know, in, in some way, and I know you guys are going to go, when I say this, you're going to go, well, she was a prostitute. Um, she was the innocent one. And that'll give you an idea I, of how I that story goes. And I, I understand that. I can understand that. Well, that's because you um, were a prostitute in your past life, if you remember. Oh, stop you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you Diana, we can talk about this life. book. All night long. I mean, there's so much in there, and um, it, it puts so many I mean, questions out there for the reader. And I, did you ever notice that I never answered the questions for you? I made you answer them for yourself. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when I when I opened the book, I, I was just, I was surprised at how much is in it, you know, and. It, it, keep, it keeps you going. It keeps you on your toes. It does, and it keeps you asking. It keeps you wondering. It keeps you digging and digging. And um, I, I want I mean, to come a, out of that asking your own questions about life and death. Mm-hmm. What do you think death is? Right. You know, uh, there was a lot of stuff in there that um, there was a lot of questions I raised that I wanted you to answer for yourself because the well, truth of like, it is, what is no hell? one knows where that answer is except right. within yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was very dark. My son would come home. When I was right there, my son would come home and he would look at me and he, you know, he would read over my shoulder and he'd go, I don't know you. You know, I don't know you. I don't know this place where you're at, man, but I don't know you right wow. now. You know, my son Eli calls it, the, my, hmm. my middle son, he calls it the rape book. <laughs> so, oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, there's rape book, you know, <laughs> you know, because there, there, wow. there is rape in it. I mean, you know, and it's yes. um, right. Rape, rape happens. Rape happens physically, but rape also happens emotionally. Rape happens to the soul. Um, so those are very, very important parts of the book too, as well. Um, right. There's a dark book. Well, <laughs> and, and I and I and it does it. It plays into other story in the book and I mean honestly people if you really want to get I mean anything that you see Stephen Lachance's name on I guarantee you it's going to be a good read 
You're not going to buy the book and be like, ah, oh, crap, I just spent, you know, you know, 10 bucks on this piece of – you're not. You're going to be – you're going to open it when you go to bed, and you're not going to sleep. That's what's going to happen. I mean, you know, it, it, the way he writes is amazing. So, folks, go out, check out his books. So, so, so worth it. And I'm a, I'm a picky reader. I mean, I will tear, I will tear books apart, but they're good. They're excellent. Um, and now uh, you have another one coming out. I'm, oh no, I'm just, I'm being honest. I'm, I was super stoked to get you on the show. I mean, because I, because I like your work. Um, now you have a book coming out in the future that I am dying to get my hands on. By the way, I know a lot of people aren't. <laughs> it took me two years to write it. It took me two years to write. Really? That's why you. That's why. Yeah. That's why after crazy, it, it took a, took me two years to write it because um, that book took me to personal places that I didn't want to go. But you know, um, I think I think you know you know we all in the human experience we all deal with something of the same questions and stuff and so. Um, if it was a dark place for me to go, to, you know, I knew it would be for the reader as well. However, it deals with, it starts at the, it's the sequel to The Uninvited. And uh, it uh, starts where The Uninvited leaves off. Um, and it's a very neat book because there's a lot going on in it. It's, you know, we have flashbacks that go back to 1969 that explain mm-hmm. the backstory of where I came from and how it got me to that point where I'm standing toe-to-toe to a demon, you know, um, which is important. I mean, there's so much, you know, that you have to understand how that happens, um, and you have to understand the background of how that happens. Um, it's a scary book. It's a scary book at times. I promise you this book, it's emotional, it's scary. Um, and, you know, the people I, I that have read it, really you know, tell me it's brutally honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is brutal um, in, the, in the sense so go ahead and make a, make a, can you make a plug? Can you kind of plug in and say, you know, um, you know, this is my new book coming out and, you know, tell like what the name, what's the name of it? It's Blessed Are the Wicked. Yeah, it's Blessed Are it's the Wicked. Out, it's coming out September 8th um, of this year, 2014. Ah, uh, you know, so no, Blessed Are the Wicked. No. Yeah, I mean, it's on pre-order now. It's on pre-order now at Amazon. In this book, I got to tell you guys, this book is selling. It's like I'm Rachel Ray with this book, and I swear, you know, it's it's already charted. It, it you know, the paranormal books. Um, it's 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 going to be a huge book. But the thing is, is I, I'm so I I don't care about that. I I care about you know I'm so excited about people reading it because I spent two years of my life on this thing. Um, and there's there's so much there that I wanted to share, you know. You know, the, the uninvited takes you. It starts and it takes you into the darkness. Blessed are the wicked mm-hmm. takes you. It starts in the darkness and, and and it takes you out of it, back into the light. That's a good way to describe wow. it. So this is you know? kind of like you closing the door in that chapter of your life. Is that what it was? Yeah. Or? Yeah, it is. You know. Um, uh, nobody wants to be totally remembered as the guy that lived in the haunted house. I mean, uh, there's there's so right. many different pieces and parts of you. Um, and as a writer, yeah. I mean, I've always written. Um, there's you know, there's so many things I want to write about. But after the uninvited, there was there was so many questions um, 
that were, you know, people, I want to know, I want to know, I want to know, um, that I didn't answer, you know, that I didn't answer the I divided because it didn't fit it. You know, it wasn't the right thing or the right time to talk about it. Some of the stuff is right. stuff I didn't want to talk about. Um, it was personal. Uh, there's some of it, you know, that one of the captain, you know, the captains, you know, if you read the anybody, you know, the Civil War captain, his family came mm-hmm. forward and uh, gave a lot of evidence, and we now understand the house, uh, the land, and the haunting oh, wow. itself. You know, so okay. I mean, that was important. Very cool. And I had a, I, I had an 80 year old woman uh, from Shreveport, Louisiana. She's psychic. Uh, her name was Miss Pittman, and Miss Pittman said she, she, she was a fan of the first book. And I got to, she got to be, like, very close to me. And she, she said to me, Stephen, you need to write that book. And I said, well, I don't know if it would be too tough. She goes, no, you need to write that book. And, you know, it's funny because when the book got too tough and I would quit writing it, she, she was psychic, so the phone would ring. And she goes, how's that book, honey? And I'd say, I'd say something wow. like, well, you know, it's, I'm at a difficult point. I can't write anymore. And she would say something like, well, you know, life hurts. Get writing that book, honey. And the funny thing is, is uh, two weeks after I finished the book, um, Ms. Pittman passed away. Um, I finished the book and she was gone. Um, so th- oh, wow. this book is a lot for her as well. And then in December of this, pa- you know, this past December, Helen died. Mm-hmm. Um, so she did. Yes, you know, yeah, she died. Um, she um, yeah. she was out. It was crazy. I mean, it was crazy. She went out and she cleaned the ice and stuff off her car. She stepped back in the mm-hmm. house and collapsed, and that was it. So. Oh, well, I'm so sorry for your loss. I mean, knowing that you guys were close. It, it was a loss. It was a loss. But um, no. I, I, I'm comfortable with it because I, I think she's mm-hmm. in a better place. I, I believe so. that. I believe we, we do go to better places, you know. And and I think so, that's, you know what? so rough on Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think that's. You know, and you having just said that, it kind of put right to my mind what I found really jarring about your book, Crazy, was that it kind of made me think, you know, of every paranormal experience anybody's ever had, you know, you always have that trapped soul, that trapped person that, you know, and that that tortured person who creates their own sense of hell, you know, and, and... and I think that's what I found so frightening about it. You know, it's well. You was asking Go the question. You know, how do we end up? How how do these people end up, or these souls end up in hallways, in houses, mm-hmm. and um, these right. places that they're stuck for this eternity? And it really comes to the point where um, you understand that hell is a state of mind uh, more than yes. a state of being. You know. Um, how is the, the, the literal mind you know what and you do it to yourself mm-hmm. um, and I believe and I think, that I think so I, believe that. I do I mean it just because it seems like you know there's you know like I have, I've had people that I love pass away and you just get that sense that they've moved on to better places you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. you, just, you know it in your heart to be true and you can just feel it with everything in you Right. You know, and if you look at the truck stop story, I mean, every one of those characters was despicable. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, I mean, really, they were, I mean, despicable. Mm-hmm. You know, they all had a reason to burn, you know. And, you know, right. and, but the fact of the matter is, if you look at it, it's their connection together and their, 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 their thought mm-hmm. process of, I don't deserve to go anywhere else. 
I'm here because I deserve right. to be here. I'm here because I'm afraid. This is, this, I think, a key. I'm afraid to move on because if I move on, I'm going to a darker place. And in, in the essence, what they do by not moving on is they, they put themselves in their own hell. Um, sort of the Jean-Paul yeah. Sartre idea of no exit. Hmm. Interesting. Um, now, as far and if as you as have never read No Exit, you need to, by the way. <laughs> it's a great book. Okay, so I, I'm putting it in my notes here. No <laughs> Okay. Um, now, obviously, you know, you, you've written some amazing books, and, you know, just as a storyteller, as someone who can relate, and, and the word storyteller, I, I don't mean to downplay, you know, the story, but by storyteller, I mean by relaying, relaying an experience. Um, you're obviously extremely talented about that. I mean, now, as far as film, um, obviously, you know, you have you have built yourself into a certain a, a TV personality, let's say in the paranormal world. So, I mean, you're you're known. Um, what was it like going from living in a haunted house to all of a sudden now you're at the you know you're in the paranormal arena, the, the public arena, and you know you you've got this sense of of fame. I mean, what was that like for you? And I and I was still going through the paranormal, by the way. I still have my own things going okay. on. I mean, oh, really, I did. You're still being affected. Um, you're still. Well, you're not still anymore. Being not by anymore. I, in 2011, I died on the operating table. Um, when I died in, on the operating table is when the attachment um, was finally broken. I, I had to, you wow. know, and I, and I and I stress this to to investigators out there: be careful what you do because I had to die to get this thing off my back. Um. You know, thank God I was able to come back. I was allowed to. Right, um, right. But, you know, it was there. Yeah, there was, there was you know, um, that's scary to me, you know, that thought. Um, but you, you wanted to kill me, and that was what it tried to do. And, I mean, you know that. I mean, um, continually mm-hmm. it, was, it was trying to take my life. And uh, finally, right. you know, when I died, you know, I think it got what it wanted in that sense. But the surprise was I, I came back. So, yeah, but yeah. So we, during all that time, I had I was my, I had my own stuff going on. Um, there was mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on, and I think what we were experiencing, and I and I don't want to say this because it's not ego speaking, because I'm not an egomaniac in that one. But uh, I think of what you know. Look at a lot of the stuff, and you know, with the team and this, the evidence that was coming in, and the stuff we were getting, you know, you know, like the shadow people and children in the grave, and Pithy and Caswell, and all that stuff that was happening. Um, I think you know because I wasn't the only one affected. Because you know, these things affect everybody. The whole team was affected, by the way. Everybody had things going on. You know, um, they were being thrown in their houses and. Um, all of this, wow. just everybody was affected. Just trust me, and um, you know. So I think what we were experiencing was continuation from it, actually, um, mm-hmm. because you know it was just outrageous, outrageous activity. I look at the team now, and um, there's not that um, type of thing going on anymore. I mean, it was such outrageous activity, Diana, that, you know, you would have to look at it. And if I was, you know, at this point, if I, a team came to me and I would look at it and go and look at that evidence and go, my gosh, um, what's going on here? I mean, could they possibly be getting all this? You know, that's, that's what it was. It was like everywhere we went, 
um, we had the outrageous happen. And I and I think it was yeah. I think it was that haunting that that kind of stuck with us. I don't think it kind of stuck with us. I think it did. Yeah. I mean, and also, I mean, I I you know I myself am a paranormal investigator. I know what you mean by, you know, mm. I I grew up in. Um, I grew up in a haunted house, so um, my family was always involved in a lot of different things. We'll say um, <laughs> that you know was wrong, the paranormal, and um, <laughs> I, I had I had one of those Catholic families. Is that how they got you? That is, but <laughs> I had one of those Catholic families that wasn't really Catholic, if you know what I mean. Um, right. So, and I I I know that you know. When you're doing investigations, um, so many, yeah, so newer newer investigators out there are so excited to get back out there and you know, get out there and get the, the you know get the evidence and go into these spooky places. But what they don't realize is that these things are real, and you know it takes one bad thing to latch to you, and that's it. You know, and you know, I you know, so I'm I'm I'm, yeah, I'm living a life now. You know, and I could say I'm doing research again, you know. I do research mm-hmm. again um, to an extent, but, you know, and I'm helping family still, but uh, with a Good. little bit more cautiously, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. a little bit more carefully. I understand that. Because, you know, yes. I, you know, my attachment came from, unfortunately, my beginning uh, in this, you know. Right. I, you know, I, I lived with the attachment the majority of the time I've been doing this. So, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's it's so good to get out and do it with out that kind of thing uh, on my back, you know, which is really clinical. But uh, but at the same time, there's always that in the back of my mind going, be careful because it could happen again. Well, yeah, and I mean, you've already been through the worst. I mean, I couldn't imagine having that happen twice. That that would just be, that would be enough to make me be ultra careful. And you are, you know, you are. You know, it's like, you know, it's my, 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 my home and my environment is a very clean and blessed place. And um, yeah. I, I, you guys would freak out. You know, you know, the character in Crazy, you know, with the crosses, I'm almost like him. Uh-huh. You know? I have, I have oh, a lot wow. of them. <laughs> They're all blessed. They're blessed hey, by different exorcists and people. Yeah. You know, I have a lot. You know, and, uh, you know, but I know that feeling of I, I have to protect mm-hmm. myself. And I have to, yeah. I, you know, I live a little bit of a different life. I can imagine, yeah. Now, as far well, as, people I, don't I talk mean, about I, I know that, that, you know? As far as... Well, I mean, they don't talk about, you know, um, you know, the, the ones of us that have lived through something and how we have to protect ourselves, you know, um, from it, you know, um, to keep it oh. from coming in again. Um, people I mean, don't talk I, about I, I that, you know. Yeah. You know, it's, it, at the end of the movie, you know, the person's mm-hmm. no longer possessed, happy, kids hug mom. Right. You know, you know, and, you know it's over. Um, but yeah. it's not, it's, it's not, it doesn't work like that. Um, right, it's, right. It's far more reaching, and in, 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 in it's more ingrained mm-hmm. than that. Um, the credits don't roll. Exactly. You know, and I... I you know, I've talked to a few families, you know, in my time, and, you know, the one thing that, you know, I am I grew up really eclectically as far as religion goes. Um, my husband's Buddhist, so, you know, we have a very, we keep a lot of good energy in our house, but, you know, I, I, I've 
what I told people is I've had people that would come up to me and say, listen, now we're having this issue with the haunting or I, I, there's something in my house and, and I don't want it there. And, you know, you know, can you get rid of it for me? And a lot of the time what I find is that, you know, and, and, and for those out there that are, are you know, religious Christian um, or other religions, um, what I find a lot of the time is that, you know, people who are having what I call the low-scale hauntings, you, you know what I'm saying, they're, where they're not at that point where they're demonic, it's just the low-scale right. haunting, you know, the things being moved and hidden. I tell people this. I say, well, you know, what if you had someone in your house, a friend or a relative, and they were being obnoxious, what would you do? She goes, I'd kick them out. I'd tell them to leave. I said, exactly. This is your house. You know, you need to claim your authority over it. Cleanse it, you know, and whether that's with a priest or, you know, and I, I find that, that that's been working in my house. With the, or, if, I, with, you know, if that's with your energy. Um, and yeah, I thought and it was I'm, very yeah, good. You have to like good energy. Because, you know, it, it's not about, you know, this conversation that we're having is not, you know, and I don't want to get into this too much because I, I will tell right. you, like, you can take up the rest of the show with it. It's not about religion. Um, it's about right. your own spirituality and it's about your own mm-hmm. cleansing and it's about your own energy and what you put into the, the world as much as you take out of it. And it's, you know, and people don't mm-hmm. understand that and they don't get it. You right. know, if there's a point in an exorcism, and I've been talking about this lately because I want people to understand it, because we never talk about it. You never see this part right. of it. There's a point in the exorcism where something, you know, and I don't care what you call it. Some people may call it angelic. Some people may call it Holy Ghost. Some people call it good energy, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's something that enters the room. And at the moment it enters the room, you feel warm. Everybody feels warm. And everybody starts to cry. Tears start going down people's faces. And, you know, and I even, I, you know, there were, I even did an exorcism once where I was in an exorcism where there was an atheist in the room. It had the same experience. Um, there's, that's what we need to be talking about. What is that, it's, right. what is that life-changing force? Here we go to Star Wars, mm-hmm. I guess. The life-changing force. Right. That comes into the room that you know that something good is going to happen. That is when the person that is suffering from whatever is going to transform. That is when they're going to change. That is when the help has entered the room. And I think that's that's a more important thing to talk about than when the evil entered their body. Yeah. You know, or the negative or whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah, and I just I call it energy. I call it good energy. I mean, you know, and I and I think. People, I'm not big on labels, by I, the way. I'm not big on labels. It's yeah, very I, hard for me to you know, And I, I think you know that from reading The Uninvited. I even, I even talk about that. Yeah. I'm not big on labels because those of us that have lived through something like this, we don't give we don't give a shit if you call it. I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't, no, no, we don't we're, care. We're good. We're good. <laughs> okay, but we don't. We don't care if you call it a demon, right. bad energy, evil, whatever you want to call it. The fact of the matter is, is right. we lived through it. It hurt us, and we don't care what it is. We just want it gone. Yeah. You know, so labels you. are no, not something right. that we cling to. You know? So, Steve, you I have a find quick question for you. In your... I'm sorry, Clinton, I'm sorry. In, in your experiences, um, I know a lot of times, um, a lot of um, cases where that you hear about extreme hauntings or possessions, 
it's you usually end up hearing, you know, the person or the investigator feels it's a demon. Have you had cases where you've seen possessions or something like that, and it was just an actual ghost, we'll use that term, rather than a demon? Good question. Um, you know, there was one case that I, I wondered if it was more of a, if it was more of a taking over than an actual uh, possession uh, of mm-hmm. something else, otherworldly. But you know whether you know, I guess you would call that a ghost or a spirit or a soul. Um, but we do know that if you look at the first case of, um, documenting a case of possession in America, um, which we went into in, in the movie The Possessed, uh, The Well Secret Wonder, uh, that was actually a yes. ghost that possessed a young woman. That was not a demon. Right. Uh, it mm-hmm. does happen. Mary, Mary Roth, um, right? One case that Roth? I worked at it that I questioned that. Yeah. You know. Uh, Mary Roth, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it's you know, so I, yeah, I, I don't think it has to be demon all the time. Um, you know, I think we throw the demon word around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I and I don't like that as well um, because I think it can do very, it can do a lot of harm, especially if you tell somebody yeah. you know they have a demon in their life when it's just uh, you know it's something that's angry or something that's just negative, right? You know, I think you know that's dangerous as well, um, and that's exactly the, and that's exactly why um, these labels are bad, and you you've got to try to control the use of the labels um, because you know first of all, um, by using labels you do not include everyone, and everyone is included in this, um, and secondly, mm-hmm. um, they can do harm. You know. Um, I, just I because I call something really something is not exactly what it is to someone else. Um, by the way, possession is in almost every major religion um, that has ever it existed. Is. You know, yeah. and people, uh, which yes, is interesting. But people have to understand also that you know, I, I think I think the word demon is misused, and I think right. you know. If you look at the original meaning of the word demon, where it comes from the ancient Greek, it simply meant unknown spirit, um, neither spirit. benevolent or malevolent. It was just it was an unknown spirit. Um, and I think I think the word demon's been misused. And I, I've been with. I mean, you, you, you get into um, well, I mean, you get into voodoo and all of that. I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of different um, there's a lot right. of different concepts. Uh, and I think that's yeah. what we're talking about. And it's like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's so many people like to fight over these concepts, and it's just like, yeah. stop, stop. You're talking right. about the same you. thing. You know, you're talking mm-hmm. about and the same so- thing. Exactly. But you're so stubborn to see that. You know, by the way, I'm not right. Catholic. Yeah. Most people think I'm Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, surprise, right? There's some faiths out there. No, actually, um, you know, I, I I don't assume that people are any religions. I really don't. I I was never raised like that, and I I don't do that. Okay. I mean, but you know, I get that a lot because oh my God, he he was almost possessed, so he has to be Catholic. No, it doesn't work exactly, that. and they automatically assume the word <laughs> demon is with the Catholic Church, the Christians, right. and right. they automatically assume the possession only happens to Christians, and it doesn't. Now, if you look at voodoo. Well, the Catholic Church has that attitude. I mean, really, I mean, the Catholic Church has that attitude. Yeah. Oh, no, church, I don't know. We, we try to get Pop Larson <laughs> on the show. They are the only ones that can help you. you. 
Well, actually, no, Bob. I've been through exorcisms with the evangelical, by the way. Um, who was a Catholic? Yeah, I mean, Catholic have this idea that they can, they have they have the market on uh, possession and exorcism. Right. They don't. Yeah, they do. I mean, you know, I I, I think I don't know. I I think there's a lot of faiths out there that have made a mockery of the of the idea of possession. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, that that could be a whole other show. So, uh. Well, you know, I get people, you know, when we went, when Helen went through the, her part of the, you know, she was possessed. I mean, she right. actually was, the, you know, her eyes would dilate and, you know, to the, mm-hmm. they were black and they would dilate and anybody knows about possession. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's the preternatural, you know, it's beyond anything that a human body should do. And she was doing all right. of those things. And I, you know, and I had people, you know, would say, well, you know, she's not doing this. And I'm like, excuse me, she just took a payphone yeah. off the wall and threw it across the room. You know, I'm like, you know, what do you call that? <laughs> you know, you know, and it's like she's not possessed yeah. all the time. Well, isn't there, you know, possession's transient. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. And guess who was right? I was. But, you know, oh, uh, because the people that I had that argument with later came to me and said, guess what? Possession is transient. You know, well, and I'm like, yeah, I know, because I was living it. I was living it. I was yeah, seeing I it. Mean, I was, I was on the front row. Right. I feel like that movie uh, called The Right. It was with uh, Anthony Hopkins there. It's a true story about the yeah. priest who became an exorcist. And if you look at that, his patients went in and out of possession. I mean, there were times yeah. when they were fine, and there were times when the that demon was a good, made it. That was a good known. one, by the way. I, you know, they really, it was based on a book, and mm-hmm. I, and it was interesting to me that um, they told some things that. Um, things, things yeah. that never really been told. Um, and which right. they, I think I they talked about the eyes in that too, as well, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. But um, you know, yeah. when Helen would really turn, I mean, uh, those eyes were scary. I mean, yeah. you, you've, you've been, I mean, yeah. I've been in the dark with that as she attacked me. I mean, that's oh god, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. By the way, you know, I'll um, never forget my first. My first occurrence with someone who I believe was possessed, and to this day I believe they were possessed, um, and I was a young girl. I had to be maybe 12 years old, and uh, my mother, my mother's a retired social worker, and she worked in the mental health field, and uh, back when I was a child, well, I was younger, she used to work um, in the group homes, you know, for the, for the um, mentally disabled. And, um, and these were people that were in the asylums in Connecticut, and as the asylums broke down, it had a lot of these elderly patients that we put in homes because... Diana, honey, I don't want to cut you off. I just want to let you know you have a caller. Oh, oh we have a caller. caller. Ron, hold on. Yes, one second. Here we go. Hello, how are you? You're on the air with us. Hello? Oh. Um, I think the name on the, the, the caller name is My Thrill Mithril Weaver, yes. Ron, Mithril, uh, hello, okay, okay. are you there? Uh, we're having some problem connecting here for some reason. I have no idea why. Hello? Hello? Hello, are you there? Hello, are you there? <laughs> I hear you talking to yourself. <laughs> oh, okay, um, I, let me get back on with him. He's in the chat room, so... Um, for some reason, 
me just let him know here. I started seeing the letters M-I as my because I live in Michigan, and everything is called my this and my that, and they spell it with M-I to make, like, a pun on Michigan or something. <laughs> so um, I see M-I, and I'm like, my. Yeah, no, we lost, um, yeah, we lost him on the line here. Um, I'm sorry, I, I apologize. I, I know the caller, and uh, I, I'm so sorry, but for some reason we could not get you on. Um, on the line here. Um, definitely try again. I don't know if, if it's maybe your Skype's going out. Um, but anyways, uh, what I was saying was um, I was I'm 12 years old and I would follow, I would help my mom out the group. Um, she worked and I would go to work with her every once in a while. And she had this one patient there. I'm not going to mention her name. She's passed on by now. Um, and she couldn't verbalize anything. She couldn't really talk. Um, she she never could straighten her back out. Her back was crooked. She always looked down at you. She shook a lot, and she really couldn't function physically. She had a hard time walking, and you know she wore a hel- and, and she wore a helmet. She really did because she kept falling. She had seizures and everything else really badly. Um, and I was with her in the the family room, um, and uh, what had happened was I'm sitting there with her. She's next to me on the couch, and we're we're watching a movie. And all of a sudden, I looked next to her. She, she kept looking at me. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. All of a sudden, she straightened up her back. I mean, straight as an arrow, put her cigarette down, turned to me, and said in the clearest voice I've ever heard, I am Legion. And then she went right back to where she was. Not being able to talk, function, sit up straight or anything like that. I left that group home that day, and I never walked back in it again. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that did it for me. I was like, no, you know what, and I'm out of here. You know, and you, you've got to ask yourself why, why, why someone like that would, which really would be an innocent, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right, exactly. But, you know, and I've always, my mother's always had this interesting take on people in those situations. She said, you know, the problem is that people think, that people who have mental disabilities, it's because their brain doesn't function. She goes, well, maybe it's because their brain functions, but it's other parts of their brain functioning that we don't right. have access to. And think about that. If you had other parts of your brain that were functioning that we didn't have access to normally, wouldn't that make you a little crazy? Right. I, I, like, to think of, I like to think of uh, possession in that is like a virus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's something that you catch um, because it's something that you definitely share once you catch it. Um, you know, it's right. a spider out. And, uh, you know, to be answered, I was a friend of mine, and uh, we both we both consider it, you know, um, a parasite or a virus type thing, um, the way it works. I, c- I can see that, you know. Um Definitely, because you, you, well, just like anything else, it, it's like being in a room of, of happy people, or being in a room of miserable people, or, or angry people, right. or nasty. Like you're gonna, right. you're gonna catch that energy. It's gonna, it's gonna rub off on you. And, and that's I don't why see why you know we're different. careful about what we put into this world. Um, right, and I hear that. Yes. Now, as far as film goes, as far as like TV and film, obviously you've done Haunting on Discovery Channel, um, which kind of launched you out there now. As far as I know, I know you've got a couple a couple films coming up. Uh, let's see, Working one's on called them. The Monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 
that. What is, is the monstrum? Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, um, I'm actually going down uh, with my friend, uh, Anita Tauble, mm-hmm. and I'm going to the Arapaho um, Reservation. Um, and nice. we're going to um, do some things on, and if this is scary work, because um, some of the stuff mm-hmm. we're going to do, people don't want to be seen, um, but we're, we're going to do some work with some skinwalkers. And, uh, really? Really? the uh, the skinwalkers and I, I read up on the legend um, to some extent uh, and originally it's a Navajo uh, originally it was a Navajo legend was it not right it really was um, but mm-hmm. I think you know most of them have um, they adopted it along the, somewhere along right the line. some kind of if they are frightened yeah. I mean you you get down and you start oh, yeah. talking about these and mm-hmm. you know they're frightened very very frightened you know and you know and then you have regular people. Um, outside of the reservation that are seeing these things, um, and mm-hmm. then that gets a little that gets a little freaky. So um, hopefully, yeah. I'll be able to show one on film um, when I get done. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't not. Another one I have to wait for. <laughs> You're yeah. killing me. You know, we've been working on this I one. We've been working on stuff. this one uh, for years, and uh, you know, about three years. Um, we just had another case come in. Uh, this past month, um, and these people are literally are terrified, absolutely terrified. Um, their animals yeah. are being killed, um, and everything. So, I'm a little, I'm a little, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, but I'm a little, I'm a little freaked on it. But I'm, you know, I, you know, the thing is, is um, I think it's important that we look at all facets of the paranormal. If we're going to say, if, I, if I'm going to tell you that I'm in the paranormal, um, I'm so much more mm-hmm. than ghosts, don't you think? Um, there's more than ghosts and demons. I mean, there's angels. There's um, there's uh, there's Bigfoot. Um, there's the, the mm-hmm. Skinwalkers. There's aliens. I mean, right. you could go down the list. There's the crying statues that cry blood. And um, all right, that's, all right. That's where I'm headed. That's where I'm headed. Somebody said, um, my manager, uh, Annette, you know, Annette, you talked to Annette probably. Right. And Annette, Annette. said, that, Annette Actually, said you know, I, you, I, you know I, you're listening in. <laughs> yeah, she, she probably is. She's like, you're going through your Van awesome. Helsing era. You know, you're turning mm-hmm. it, you know, and I'm like, well, yeah, kind of, I guess. Um, but, you know, uh, years ago I heard um, my, 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 my very good friend, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, uh, who I did Children of the Grave with. Um, she she said, you know, I heard her say, you know, that out of everything paranormal, there's a fine line that connects all of these things, and within that fine line mm-hmm. is where the truth lies. And she's right. She's right. And yeah. I'm going to prove it that she's right, because we're going to go look at all these things. That's just amazing. That, that's exciting. Um, 
Wow. <laughs> Just to be able to do that would be amazing. Um, you know, I, I've driven through um, Navajo land myself a few times, and uh, there's definitely um, there's definitely a feeling in the air. You know, the air changes almost. Well, you know? the narrator, you know, one of the narrators that we're going to use for the film is, you know, and that's why we got to get it done, um, is uh, Eugene Blackbear. And Eugene Blackbear was in The Last of the Dogmen with Tom Berenger. Um, so, really? Um, we're looking, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, we got cool. some clout in this film. We got some clout. And right. uh, it, it's, it's just exciting. It's exciting. We, we, you know, we have to... You know, to to the to the the leaders of the tribes, we have to bring our tobacco and blankets. You know, um, and all wow. of that. You know, and it. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. You know, um, being Native American, having Native American in my own background, um, to be able to do something like this is is going to be very very cool. So when should we be? Looking out for this film, or do you have a date? Uh, we're we're talking. I mean, Anita and I have been talking. I mean, it's the, we're ready to film. You know, we were waiting for some money, um, and that's coming right. through, and everything is starting to shape up. Um, I'm looking. Yeah, I mean, it might be the craziest thing I ever did, but I'm looking to you know around the Blessed Tour this fall, so shooting it. Um, so you, you know, once you shoot it, you you go into about six months of post production. So you could be looking at right. about a year from now. You know, a year from oh, now, wow. a little longer. Yeah, a little okay. longer maybe. Okay. You know, uh, and we so have we have a, we have a we have a famous rock and roll musician that I can't tell you who's going to do the music. Oh. Uh, you know. <laughs> God, I yeah. hate waiting. Every time I hate waiting. <laughs> yeah. You know, this has been in planning stages for a long time. Uh, we're we're you know we're going to put we're going to put we're going to put thermals in the air. Um, we're going to do a lot. We're going to do a lot with this. Oh, awesome! That's going to be amazing. I mean, you know, I, I love, I, I love the old like, Native American legends and and things like that. It just to me, that's right up my alley. So I will definitely, definitely be waiting for that film. That is just amazing right. to me. Um, now, as far as anything else, I mean, is there anything else coming up in the future as far as film wise that we should be looking for? Beyond that? Another one. There's another film that you know. After I finish, mm-hmm. after I finish Marstrom, and we 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 just kind of jokingly called it Dark City because we didn't know what else to call it. But um, I'm okay. headed into um, Wilmington, Cal- Wilmington, California, um, to the gang area. Actually, you know, the gang area was called Ghost Town. It's called Ghost Town now. Wow. Um, where all the gang, the heavy gang violence happened in the early '90s. Um, in this place, is that decimated. safe? Um, I, well, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I have two six foot ten Samoan drug dealers I'm going in with, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when in Rome, bring the Rome. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, this is the California. This is the California side of it. You see the movie Colors? Uh, a lot of that happened. Yes, in, long in, time ago. Kind of area, uh, and you know, and we're going to go wow. in. We're going to tell the stories. I think the stories are just is the most important as anything. And we're going to tell the story mm-hmm. of the drug dealer, Horse, who was dragged behind a cop car until he was dead. Um, and we're going to tell the story of his, of his girlfriend, who, who, who was so distraught, ran into a closet upon his death, and uh, com- uh, committed suicide with an overdose of heroin. Um, you know, 
wow. the darker stories, the darker stories in in um yeah. and hopefully within the darkness again within these dark stories mm-hmm. and you know the paranormal side of it and the darkness of this place um you know we'll be able to find the humanity that we all um crave um and it's going to change and my my goal is to show how that film changes the crew that I'm with um because I think it's yeah. going to I can you well know. I can't see how it wouldn't though. I mean yeah. something like that. Now, you have another film listed on your page called The Morse Hill Project. I mean I'm sorry, The Morse Mill That's Project. Out. That's out. That's out. That was it's out in two thousand and nine. That was um, okay. that, that was the Morrisville Hotel. That was I, you know you know what I did that film I did it cheap I did that one really cheap. Uh, I took two thousand you know I think it was two thousand dollars Jackie Carpenter and I my friend mm-hmm. uh, took it and you know everybody at that point in two thousand nine don't you remember how it's still a little bit like this everybody was going um, I want to be in a movie I want to be in a movie I want to do this I want to do television <laughs> and the whole point of it was you know. All right, if you want to, the technology's out there that you can do it on your own. Just right, you, all right. you have to do is get out there and do it. You know, and Morris Mill was my 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 homage to um, independent independent film. You know, and to show these these people in the paranormal and the teams of the paranormal, go out and film your stuff. People will be interested. Um, so we went to the Morris cool. Mill Hotel. Now the Morris Mill Hotel mm-hmm. uh, was a hotel that housed uh, Al Capone. Uh, Charles Lindbergh, the James Gang. I mean, it was a lot of history. And the serial killer, Bertha Gifford, who killed all of her victims with arsenic. And it's a very haunted place. uh, We were the first first investigators to be there. We spent a week in the hotel, and we documented what happened to us during that week. Um, And it was fun, you know. And then when it came out, it came out, we put it out on Amazon. Didn't expect to make a lot of Mm -hmm. money, but the point was we proved to people, if you want to make your own film, get out there and make it. And I still say that, yeah. you know, uh, don't wait for somebody to come and do it for you. Um, I mean, that's, you're, you're, that's, you're, that's you're, good advice, though, you know? Right. Oh, I, you I, know, think, it is, I think that still exists. I, I, the little handheld I mean, cameras are, are HD nowadays, you know, come on. Yeah. Uh, technology's there. I mean, I, I think that, that quest to be on TV still exists. And I know I know a lot of, a lot of paranormal groups think this might. And I think, I mean, with the paranormal groups out there now, I think, I mean, there is kind of a downside to it is that what you find now is you find paranormal groups doing anything they have to to get their 15 minutes of fame. Well, um, you know, that's the thing I, I was going to say to you. You know, yeah. I found, you know, I was real excited about TV at first. Okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Yeah. But I found that television changes people um, mm-hmm. and can make people very, very ugly. Um, yes, and, you know, be careful what you ask for because it might not be mm-hmm. what you wanted to get. And, exactly. You know, and I, I just seen too many paranormal groups out there kind of, yeah, I mean, bending the laws of ethics. Um, I mean, literally selling their soul just to get on that TV show. And, you know, if it comes to compromising yourself or your standards or anything else, I, I, I'm, I don't think it's worth it. Uh, you know, Christopher you know. and Phil were great to work with, but I saw, I saw the task force when we – uh, during Children of the Grave, I saw um, and people, we, we, we made a minute, I saw people change. Um, and not yeah. for the better. Not for the better. Uh, I hear you. You know, I, I really did. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and it was, uh, people can become very, very ugly when the cameras start to roll. Yes, very ego so you got to be careful. 
very. Yes. You know, um, heads I begin see, to swell. And, that's yeah, that's I mean, the danger. Heads begin to swell. Oh, absolutely. I say I think you see it in a lot of the paranormal world. I mean, I got out of investigating for a few years because of that, because of. You know, it's not a team anymore. It's it's who can be the better investigator than anybody else. You know, who can be, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, who can outdo the and What's funny is I got news I, for you. You know, you, you know who the mm-hmm. best investigators are out there right now? I'm going to tell you, it's, it's easy. It's the new teams. It's the new teams that haven't got caught up with all the the, 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 right. the way everybody, you know, the way everybody's supposed mm-hmm. to do things. So they do things outside of the box and they do it in their own way. And they haven't got mm-hmm. caught up in all the television hype yet. Um, and the, new teams, yeah, the new teams are the ones that are doing the good work. Um, you know, you, you wait about five or six years and you find that team shuts down pretty much. Once they, they come in line and, and they start being part of the sheeple is what I call it, you know, following the line yeah. of everyone else. Um, and then you stop, right. you, 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 they stop thinking outside the box. I refuse to stop mm-hmm. thinking outside the box. Don't. And, Don't. You know, you know you, nothing's too you. crazy, folks. <laughs> and I wrote the book crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you're right. You're right. I, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the word paranormal investigator has such a bad tilt on it because of TV, I think. Um, I mean, I've seen groups start for the sole purpose of getting on TV and for no other reason. You know, right. they go out of their way to try to find a way to get themselves on television. And I think, you know, my, my, my thing is that they forget why they got in there in the first place. You know, it's all about helping others. It's all about helping the people who are being, you know, affected by this. I mean, these things can change people's lives for the worse if they don't get the right kind of help. So I commend you right. on what you've done for people. You know, I really do. I'm, you know, it, it seems like you've put everything, including your health, on the line for it. So that's commendable. Well, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's and like you said, it, it, I was catapulted. This wasn't a choice, you know. Mm-hmm. Really, I, I don't right. know when I've ever sat down and really made the choice. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and like you, I right. tried to run away. You know, mm-hmm. There's times I tried to run away and I said no more, you know, and it, it always seems to kind of draw you, back, you back, doesn't in. it? It, does. <laughs> it drags you back. It does. It drags you back in. Um, mm. But I mean, you, you could have very easily, yeah, and, and you could have very easily, you know, fought it and been like, you know what, that's my problem. I'm dealing with my problems. Screw anybody else. If they got a problem with it, they can do it on their own. And but you didn't do that. You know, with everything you were going through, you still, you know, you could have said no. You could have said, I'm not helping you, but you did. And I think that's, that's you know, meant. there was one point in, in the union hunting that we didn't talk about. And it was the moment that I had, um, it, it locked the children in the room and I couldn't get into them. And when I finally got into them, um, you know, hearing my daughter scream and not being able to reach her. And when I finally was yeah. able to reach her, I carried her out of the house in shock that night. And, um, I can't get that out of my mind. You know, it's that was probably the mm-hmm. most horrible, fearful moment of anything that I've experienced. And um, so when somebody comes to me, especially when they have a child, I can't turn my back on the child. I just can't do it um, because I look at what it did to my children at that time, which my kids yeah. are, you know, uh, 23, 24, 25 now, you know, they, they're living yeah. good lives. They're, you know, they're well-adjusted, mm-hmm. you know. I, I got one that's going to be a cop, one that's getting his Ph.D. in chemistry, and one's a mom, you know. 
awesome. You know, so they came out of it, but, you know, the mm-hmm. other kids deserve that chance to come out of it, too. And I think that, yeah. you know, I put everything on hold. Um, and, I, you know, I dropped a career as a corporate trainer, and uh, I started doing this. Um, mm-hmm. and I, you know, and I work very hard at what I do. Um, and, and, and it's for the kids more than anything, you know. Um, I had a case one time where a little girl was having the boogeyman come through her window at night. And I asked her to oh, draw the right. boogeyman for me. When she drew the mm-hmm. boogeyman for me, it had genitals. Um, come to oh, find God. out her uncle was putting on a ski mask and he was climbing through the window at night and he was raping her. Uh, the parents caught <gasps> him. Um, oh so God. not everything is paranormal. Oh, and oh. the moment, if anything I've done, never... that moment is, is nope. just as good as anything, you know? Um, I, I helped, I helped a, a child right. probably grow up more normally um, than it would have, she would have. Any other way, she was being victimized in the worst kind yeah. kind of victimization, you know. I mean, uh, that that's just, so. I mean, you know, and, and how kids compartmentalize things like that, you know. It's, and we right. Actually, we got a caller back, but then he disappeared. I think he's having issues with his Skype um, for calling into the show. But, um, but you're right, and I, I mean, a lot of children going through abuse like that do compartmentalize. And they do, they have to, um, uh, and I'm looking for the correct word for it, um, they disassociate from it, and right. you'll see kids having the nightmares or the you know the visions or things like that. Well, do you remember the movie called um, uh, An American Haunting? It was about the Bell Witch. The right. actual movie that was right. made with um, uh, oh god, what's his name, Donald Sutherland, and how well, that was just one theory of what happened, obviously, but how in the movie you know, how she took the abuse and she turned it into a haunting because the reality of something was too severe for and a child. And this child was actually. doing the same. This child was doing exactly yes. oh, we the got, same We actually thing. got a caller back. Let's okay, great. Get a caller here. We actually got a caller back, so let's see if we can get him on. Caller, hi. You're with us <laughs> live on, on Air here. We got live and better than ever. You know, that kind of freaks me out. Most people call me Constantine. Most people don't know my real name. It's been a while since somebody actually <laughs> told me my real name, but I was related to. I mean, like, <laughs> well, I, you know, I did so good and stuff like that. But anyway, hey, the thing is, I'm not one of those cheesy kind of people. I, I hate to say that I'm anybody's fan. That is so cliche. But I do, uh, just for a wild guess, I do a lot of voiceovers for horror stuff. Your stuff rocks. I'm dyslexic. Let me put it this way. I don't read for fun ever because I do it for work. It's mm-hmm. my job sort of to do scripts. Right. I read your books. Awesome. You know, Thank you I, nothing more I could possibly say that's more sincere than that. Really good stuff. Most horror out there. Um, that's somebody that reads Poe a lot. You know, I mean, most people just don't read live up to that standard and it's hard to find somebody that can just do something that that's new and interesting and not cliche. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's not too often when I read something, it's like, I would love to do the voiceover for that, you know, I mean, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, you got a great voice though. You probably do your own. Well, okay, I was a broadcaster for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but so you know what I'm talking about then. Yeah. Yeah. But, I know exactly what you're talking about, my friend. You have a great job, by the way. <laughs> uh, it didn't pay great, but it, it's fun, you know, it's fun. But, it's but, fun. But I actually have a legit question for you. 
I when I write stuff all the time, you know, I mean, it's just even when I'm not trying to be scary, people say my voice is scary and stuff like that. But just the written prose, whatever, you know, I just. Uh, you know, in other words, I'm good at polishing a turd, apparently, because my stuff, just when I try to write horror, just doesn't really do that well. It's some of, it's some of the other stuff I do. It, it, do you get too comfortable with it? I mean, how do you put yourself in the right mindset? I think some people just aren't going to be as talented as you, obviously. You're a professional, you know. But I, I, I live by a creed. I live by a creed yeah. when I write, and it is... Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember the old Amityville horror movie? Yeah, um, at the end of the movie, yeah. at the end of the movie, George Lutz runs back in the house, and the dog is there, and he saves the dog. And you're more concerned about the dog than you were the family. Um, and that got to yeah. me. You know, it's like we should be worried about the kids, you know, more than we were the dog. But you know, and so the creed that I live by is, you know, you have to care to scare. Um, you have to care about these people. You have to realize that they're real people, that they're living through normal things that we all live through. Um, some of it's not pretty. Um, some of it's not happy. Um, but you have to care about them in order to put yourself in that moment when it comes time to be frightened with them um, and live through what they're living through. If you don't, if you don't care about them, you know, it, you're not going to make that connection. Um, and that connection is very important to be made. Uh, you know, in, you know we, we don't see it in modern um, film. Uh, we don't see it in a lot of the writing. Uh, you know, and, and it gets me, it gets to me because it's like, you know, um, we're all living normal lives. The, 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 the horror becomes secondary to what they're living in the, is, is their normal life, if you, if you know what I mean. Um, but doing it that way, is what people relate to because all of a sudden they're relating to, you know, um, me being a single father or, um, you know, Helen, you know, trying to get her daughter, um, you know, back to normal when she she feels that it, it might be teeing angst for a while, you know. And, 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 and in those things we see ourselves, and when we see ourselves, it's very easily to turn that switch on and say, yeah. okay, now let's do this, you know. Does that make yeah. sense? Well, you know. Yeah, it kind of does. You know, it really behooved me I, because I saw this list of AMC American Movie Classics listed, listed the number one horror movie of all time as Jaws. And I started thinking about it. It's like, that could actually happen. Yeah. That's what was, that's yeah. what was about it. And that's the reason why I, 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 I'm around it a lot. So I, I kind of, you know, it's hard to impress me with horror. But also, especially the movies until recently, the technology to do effects just hasn't been there, so it's suspending disbelief. Right. You know. And if you look and, at and Jaws, though, interesting enough, you know, you you don't see the shark too many times in Jaws. You know, there's a heavy yeah. story in a background there, and you really love those characters. Um, you know, one of the favorite mm-hmm. scenes of Jaws is where um, where where they're sitting in the boat um, the night before the shark really tears it up. And um, he's telling about his um, his experience in the Navy. You know, 700 men went into the water. That oh, day. yeah. Remember? You know, that, you know, that grabbed you. That grabbed mm. you. And it made the moment when that shark came later so much more frightening because he shared that moment with you. You know? Mm. And, I, and I've always loved that. I always, it's one of my favorite. I'm never swimming again, thank you. I'm never going to get it again. 
your method right, but that you make it. I guess that's the that's the thing. That's the key. That right. really helps mm-hmm. because I, I have I have a hard time looking at at horror, at least from writing it from a fictional standpoint, being real. Right. Because I may still do crap, but that helps a lot. It puts me in a different right. mindset. But, you know, and that's when you know when I have to write about myself. Um, you know, that's when you know there's those moments when I have to share things that most people wouldn't share. But I realize that most people are going through these things. So it's important to share them, and they have a better understanding of how you get from point A and B and how you get in the situations that you do. So I think that's a very important as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you just don't see too many writers that write like the quality like you. I mean, you kind of, in a way, kind of remind me of, of Hitchcock, sort of, or I don't know. I mean, not really Stephen King so much, but... He's a little different, but anyway, um, I'm not really much of a fan of writers, but I really like your work, man. I really respect it. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. You you don't know how much I appreciate that. You know, and also know that it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really an underappreciated art form. It really is. You know, it really is. I think it would be hard to do and not be cheesy. Well, there's those moments. <laughs> there's those moments when, you know, it's 3 in the morning and I've written something and I go back at 9 o'clock in the morning and I read it and go, oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it happens. But, uh, you know, and, you know, when I was writing Blessed, there was those, those times when I would have the block happen, you know, the writer's block. And it would be like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I would just go walking in the middle of town in Union, Missouri, where I live. And I would just go walking in the, you know, and um, I would come back. I'm always so inspired um, mm-hmm. from just walking out there at night by myself. I apologize that my dog is howling in the background over here, if you guys can hear <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't yeah. like when fire trucks go by, and there was a bunch that just went down the street, and I was hoping you guys couldn't hear them, and then suddenly the dog just opened up, and I was like, oh, no, here he goes. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're a broadcaster, you understand. Yeah, you, right. you're, you've not been a real broadcaster until you've been fired at least a dozen times, so, you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Deal with a lot of barking dogs. But oh yeah, I wanted yeah, to say one thing to the stack house right there. The reason why you're able to to book this guest is because you're just that much of a super diva. But anyway, much love. Oh. <laughs> yeah, hey, I appreciate your time. Man. Oh, you know, I appreciate the question. They're a writer and they're an artist. They're everybody. But the thing is, is you know, the thing is, is nobody ends up being at the point where you are if they don't try. Right. So. You know, fortune favors the bold. You know. so. I appreciate it. I really do. I, you know, that, I'd like to that say makes that I'm very wild. insulted. I was not referred to as a stupid diva as well. Just pointing that out. Well, okay, you're oh, I just well. love a man that has, that has little more <laughs> There you go. Hey, you asked for it. I am not a diva. I am the diva. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, thanks, thanks so much uh, for taking my call. Calling in, yeah. though. No, yeah. it's great to hear your voice. Always nice to hear your voice. <laughs> great voice. <laughs> great voice. Actually. <laughs> yes, it is. Milady, the pleasure, hey. of course, is always mine. Goody. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, scary is not the word I would choose for that one. Mm. But um, <laughs> and, and something else, but not scary. <laughs> Tantalizing, maybe. <laughs> I feel so dirty when you talk like that. I feel like I have to go take a shower now. <laughs> I know, huh? <laughs> Hey, thanks for calling. And because of you with the glass doors on the shower thing, I can't take a shower now. Just pointing (laughs) this out. Hey, thanks for calling in, Constantine. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Have a great night. Thanks for all the wonderful things. That's so nice to hear that. Well, (laughs) that that was a treat. I love love your voice. Um, no, he's he's a great guy. Um and yes, that's that's a big compliment. Um but um but he's right, you know, uh a lot of paranormal authors out there just kinda hash it together and get cheesy and cliche and you absolutely don't do that. You really do capture the feeling of, of the people involved. And it's not just a story about a ghost or a haunting or what what have you. It's it's a story about people. And I think those are the stories that that pull others in and, and drive us. It's the story about the people themselves. You know, so oh, excellent job with that. Thank you. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's really a gift. My head's really going to be so big by the time I get off this phone call. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I mean, just, um, just like Ron said, I mean, I'm a huge fan, so I mean, it, and I read, I read a lot of what I call junk fiction, you know, the vampire and the werewolf right. novels, and I, I really, I kind of just read them to fill my night, because I, I, I'm a crazy insomniac, so I'll read them just to fill my nights in and things like that. But you know, to read a book and find yourself emotionally pulled into it, um, you know, that's a hard thing to do for people. It really is hard to do because, you know, so many stories these days are just superficial. And they really don't delve into anything, but yours really do. And oh, and thank you for bringing up um, my natural fear of the water anyways. Um, I will never, <laughs> ever, ever go back in the water again. Um, it took me all these years <laughs> to get over that fear, and I'm right back to page one. Thank you. <laughs> I hated Jaws. <laughs> well, you know, anyways, I, I, I love that he brought that example up because um, it's He's always right. been one of my favorite. You know, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it, you know, uh, Quinn. I think he's, his name is Quinn, and he does. He sits there and he tells that story, and that story is just so gripping, and so emotional, and so real, and it has so much human to it. It's very human, and, uh, uh-huh. and so the next day when it the is. shark does attack, it, it makes that, that moment so much more frightening, and I, and I and that is the key. I think that is the key, and I think. Um, uh, you know, I get I get letters from single fathers. I get letters from you know uh, you know people that have lived through um, different types of like uh, grief and death. Um, you right. know, there the other things that are you know someone that's having trouble with their teenager. I get mm-hmm. those letters just as much as I get the ones that are interested in the paranormal side. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm you know I I'm, I'm connecting in that way too, and I think that's important. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. It really why is. Why do it if you're not going to connect to someone? You know. And you know, and like I said, I know there's a lot of people out there who just write to, to fill it and fluff and things like that. And Trisha Shades of Grey. The picture of the haunted place, and then this is haunted because, and then they go on. You know, and you really don't get anything you know, out of it, which is the whole point of no. crazy. You know, it's like 
you know, really get into yeah. that history and examine it. You know, you may be right, you may be wrong, but at least you're making a try here to understand. Because if we don't sit around and talk about what we're doing and right. we don't put thought in it, we're never going to understand it because an EMF meter is not going to tell you what the haunting is all about. No, it's not. You know, and it really is. I don't. You know? I don't give credit for EMF meters. You know, I, I don't. I, I don't either. I don't even carry one I with don't. me. But. You know, there's so um, much the that, can, that can influence them. So. You know, and it's I like you know, I and I, you know, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a part of crazy where I'm, I'm with the preacher, and I'm, I'm standing yeah. on a, a roof of the, the truck stop, and we have this, this, right. this argument about death. That mm-hmm. really, you know, that that argument about death was tooth and nail. I mean, we were at each other, yeah. um, you know. But what was good about it is afterwards we were still friends because, you know, right. we, we were examining what we were standing in the middle of because it was going against everything that we believed to be true. Mm-hmm. You know, belief systems were crashing at that moment. However, we let those crash and we stood there and we, dis- we, we got into it and we discussed it and we were trying to figure mm-hmm. it out. And how many times do you do that on an investigation? Um, you know, I, I find that's myself, what you should be asking yourself. I'm, yeah, I'm, it's all because I investigate, since I became an investigator. Do you do it? And do you do it? Come on, Diana. Do you do it? I'm sure you do. Do what? Uh, drop you my know, <laughs> I, I you, drop you, my you sit there and you really the examine time. what you're doing and why you're doing it? I, you know, I, I think to myself, and I, I find myself, on, on inspections, I'm probably the biggest skeptic in the bunch. Because my thing, and, and, and I know the biggest thing I come across is that everybody ends up hating me because I'm the one busting everybody's bubbles about things. Um, but I find that by doing that, what you're doing is you're getting rid of the gar- your garbage. You're getting rid of all the junk that's going to interfere with your investigation and get into the real Absolutely. crux of the matter. And when you do that, once you once you have that you know thing to where you can't dispute it, I think, and I think. I've been on plenty of investigations where I've had to suspend disbelief of, of anything I thought was real or unreal. And I think anybody who investigates seriously comes across a point in their time when they find all their belief systems suspended um, and they don't know what to believe. And when you don't know what to believe, when something challenges the heart of your beliefs, it is jarring. Um, it's frightening. You know, but that's the cool thing about what we do. Yeah. yeah. That's the cool mm-hmm. thing about what we do because, you know, today you might you might believe something and you might think you, right. got, a, you got your thumb on something, but six months from now, three months from now, you know, that's going to change. You know, and, you right. know, and either that idea either grows or that mm-hmm. idea becomes something else. You know, it's, it's kind of neat. You know, and that's why, you know, I love the phrase when somebody, you know, and I hope they mean it when they say, you know, there are no experts because we don't know, because really we don't. Um, and so, no, you know, right. a lot of what we do is philosophy, um, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's right. what we're looking at. You know, it's, a lot of it is mm-hmm. thought. You know, you take the thought out of it and, you know, you're not getting anything. You know, and I and I, I I take I tell people that you know there's an example that I use sometimes. Um, you remember the movie Men in Tights? It's Mel Brooks comedy. Yeah, sure I do. Okay, now Blinken, the, the blind servant there. Um, there's mm-hmm. a part in the movie where he's he's the out, he's the lookout, you know, 
And they asked right. him, well, what are you doing? He goes, guessing? I guess there's no one coming? And, and I use it as an example because I'm like, that's what we do as paranormal investigators. We guess. A lot of it's guessing. Our belief systems are us guessing that this is the truth. And when, you know, we do, we guess. I tell people that you know, and I think that, you know, be honest, right? You know, and people, you know, investigators, you know, they need to stop and Mm -hmm. think, okay, why am I doing this? And be really honest with themselves, really honest Mm -hmm. of why am I doing this? You know, Um, you know, I, you know, what I can't stand is when you get the team, um, their heads are big because maybe they've they've got ten minutes on the travel channel, you know, or history channel, and uh, you know, and, and then they say. And then they, you, you get them on, and you, you interview them, and they say, uh, well, well, you know, why are you doing this? And they say, well, we're out for the greater good to par- prove that the paranormal is real. And it's like, you're lying. <laughs> you're lying. Right, right. You know, I'm like, it's more personal. Each and every one of you have a personal reason you're doing this. And I bet yeah. you it's because you want to know the reason you want to know about life and death. I bet you you right. want to know what's going to happen to you when you die, what's going to happen to grandma when she dies, or what's going to mm-hmm. happen to, you know, your mother and father. Those are the questions that you're trying to answer. You don't care about the greater good. These are personal questions that we're asking oh, answers for. You know, it's and it always gets to me when somebody that. says that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I always yeah, it I irritates me, by the way. You know, and I'm like, too. oh, I mean, really? Yeah, and it comes down to, you know, we're all afraid that this is all there is. So we're so desperate yeah. to prove to ourselves that there's we're something looking, else we're that we're going to go look for. It. Exactly. We, we just want to know that this isn't it. This isn't, this isn't, it doesn't and then when you start getting into this, you're, you're, you know, the other fear comes in is, okay, how mm-hmm. how this, this this soul end up in this house or this hallway? You know, and could that happen to it's me? It's not going to be me. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And exactly. You know, and maybe that's, you know. Yep. So those yeah, questions oh God, evolve. Be... You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. they evolve. I'll but they're very though, personal. If I'm the they're one, oh yeah, and if I'm the one in your house at night, you know, if I'm the ghost in the hallway, I am pinching toes at night. Understand this, people. If I'm a ghost in your house, I'm pinching your toes while you're sleeping. Well, I think you know, Helen and I had an agreement that you know, whichever one of us went first, we would let the other one know that there was another yeah. side. Of- after Helen died, I kept having these dreams, and um, I would the phone would ring, and I would pick up the phone, and she would go, Stephen, and then I would wake up. And then it got to the point where that wow. dream continued, and, I, and I, I would get the phone call, and she would go, Stephen, mm-hmm. and I would wake up, and my phone would ring. And I would answer the phone, and there would be no one there. And the funny no thing of there. it is, is the caller ID wasn't registering it. It wasn't registering a phone number. It wasn't registering unknown, you know, or private call or anything like that. It just wasn't registering it. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm sure it was her. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was her to tell me, yeah. yes, there's something here, and yes, it's all right. That's um, good to know. You know. It really is. That's, that's, that's good to know. Because if anyone I mean, was going to do that, it, it would be her. See, that's, that's good that you've had that. Well, we're actually getting down to the last few minutes of our show here. I can't, it, it, the time's flown. I can't believe two hours already went by. Look, um, I, I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much. Oh, no, I, I, I can't even begin to tell you how much I've enjoyed this. This has been amazing for me. Quentin, you still with us? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> Diana's you just quiet back there. Diana's <laughs> excitement over there. 
I'm just I'm just so excited. Putting her um, bra off and twirling it over her head. I am, I am, I am. I, I have a picture of you up on the wall. I'm throwing my bra at you right now, but. Um, oh, my <laughs> God. oh, okay, good. Thank you. I'm blessing now, actually. <laughs> I'd also like, before we wrap up tonight, I just want to make a public safety announcement. If okay. you have glass doors on your showers, we strongly suggest that you remove them. Yes, strongly. Yes. <laughs> So you don't go through them. See, because when the psycho killer comes into your bathroom, at least you can fall with a shower curtain and it won't cut you open and you won't bleed out. But, you know, the glass door is guaranteed to pretty much you know, slice the ephemeral arteries and you're done. Um, that's always been my fear. But anyway, if that ever um, ends folks, up the scene in the book, Diana, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you credit for it. Awesome. <laughs> that makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> but folks, uh, we have ha- we have been honored to uh, have Stephen Lachance with us tonight. Um, we had a great time. So uh, check out his website. It's uh, Um Check his books out. Seriously, if you're looking for a great read, anything this man writes is gold. It really is. It's amazing. You're going to love it. Um, I know that, you know, I- I'm looking forward to Blessed, uh, blessed Are the Wicked. Blessed Are I the am- Wicked. I am so looking forward to that, and I, you know, I, I'm saying I can't wait for it, but I know that by that and time I'll be And it's on pre-order right over. now on Amazon. <laughs> so those of you that want to get yes. blessed and not think about it to September, pre-order it. They got a price guarantee on over in Amazon, so you guys can get it early. So awesome! And, and those uh, will be the first be, people to get the book, by the way. Really? Oh, very yeah. cool. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, good to know. Good to know. Um, but no, we have we just we've had a great time with you tonight. We really have, and thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, it was our honor, and hopefully we can have you back on again. We'd love to definitely yeah, get you back on. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this, and you know, let's do it in about right before Blessed comes out, and we'll really get into that book because there's a lot of that would be about. awesome. Yeah, that would be wonderful. And then Diana will back. have new bras. <laughs> oh God! And then well, Diana, well, I'll throw tiny whiteies yep. at the same time. How about that? Uh, that would make me feel a lot better. Definitely a lot better. Okay. We've got to thank our calling guest, too, Ron Constantine. He's amazing. So thank our calling guest. Amazing. Um, folks, if you're listening tonight, he is. He's wonderful. Um, if you're listening tonight, you are listening to our blog talk radio station, Stackhouse Radio. This is On Air Scare. Check us out on Facebook, uh, Stackhouse Radio on Facebook, three separate words, Stackhouse Radio. Uh, run Facebook. Go over there. Check us out. Uh, give us a like while you're there. Um, Also, you'll find the um, link to tonight's show, so you can actually listen to the archive of this show. And shout out to all our archive listeners and all of our live listeners as well. We love you guys. You guys make the show possible. So, uh, Stephen, again, thank you for being on tonight. It was a pleasure, and we definitely look forward to having you on again sometime. Absolutely, anytime. Thanks so much. Listen, have a great night, okay? All right, good night. Night Good night. Good night. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay, folks, that's it for our show tonight. So thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, We loved having you. And, again, listen to the archive of our show. If you're listening to the archives of our show, the archives of our show, uh, click the link to our Facebook page. Give us a like while you're there. And until next week, Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, have a wonderful week and good night.